The northeast corner of the lounge in the Mystery Authors Club had been considered, at one time, the choice location of the premises. In those long-gone days of a quieter London, it had peered over the low gables of the Amberford residence across Pomfret Street to give onto a pleasant view of Swan's Park, with its soft greenery, its beveled rough stone walls, and the relatively peaceful sight of nursemaids pushing perambulators or seated suspiciously watching their well-behaved charges. The club's newspaper rack had also been adjacent to that corner, so that those who frequented this haven were in the best position to catch the porter as he entered each morning and thus guarantee a pristine crossword puzzle. In addition, it was the farthest point from the clatter of the kitchen and the closest to the security of the bar. All in all, it was quite ideal. In those early days, three deep chairs upholstered in rich, hand-tooled leather had been placed in this corner in such a manner as to form a sort of alcove, a protective fortress against the maraudering forays of newcomers, and these three chairs had immediately been preempted by the three founding members of the club, who almost certainly had such a manoeuvre in mind when they pressed the committee to order them. True, at times some uninformed neophyte made the natural mistake of seating himself in one of the chairs, but he was usually ousted by a nervous waiter or a horror-stricken porter before any serious scene could occur. And in time, as the club grew and consolidated, it became understood by all that the place was inviolate, and the three comfortable chairs set in their lazy curve before the high, old-fashioned windows were left, together with their ageing occupants, in peace. But time, in addition to establishing prerogatives, had wrought other and less desirable changes— The pleasant view of Swans Park, for example, had been lost when some group of energetic entrepreneurs had chosen to erect a twenty-storied building where the old Amberford mansion had stood, and now all that could be seen from the secluded alcove were pert, shirt-waisted secretaries pounding on typewriters, or bowled gentlemen entering and leaving the small cubbyholes across the way with frowns upon their dew-lapped faces. And the club itself had also changed, and was no longer the comfortable sanctum it once had been. Increased membership, plus the publication of several successful anthologies by the expanding membership, had burgeoned the treasury with expendable monies, and a large portion of these unexpected riches had gone for the modernisation of the premises. The ancient oak and the worn but homey carpeting made way for bright woods, exotic woven rope rugs, and colourful but unintelligible paintings. The journal rack had been replaced by a newspaper vending machine. American in origin and frightening in concept, which was located within coin sound of the secretary's office. While the kitchen was refurbished with a wealth of chrome and stainless steel, such as to strike terror into the hearts of all but the most insouciant chefs. The bar, of course, was re-established more in the path of the unconscious traffic pattern of arriving members. Despite the changes, however, the three originators of the club still stuck stubbornly to their corner, with all the rigour of defenders to the end, although the time had long passed when anyone wanted to dislodge them. "'Let them stay there,' said Potter, the new secretary, a bit disdainfully. "'Let them stay there and vegetate.' "'Personally, I can't imagine why they are even still tolerated as members,' said a bright young thing who had written two short stories, both donated to a Midland Weekly. She reached around vaguely to borrow a cigarette. "'I know they once, but the fact is they haven't published for years and years.' Ought to be thinking seriously about a revision in the bylaws, added a third darkly. 
One could scarcely accuse him of forgetting, since he had never known that in their day the three old men in the northeast corner had been lionized from the depths of Soho to the heights of Belgrave Square, and this at a time when prime ministers and presidents had not yet learned to read shilling shockers for relaxation. Still, a fourth said with a bit of embarrassment, and then fell silent as if he had succeeded in making his point. The others looked at him a bit questioningly. I mean, he added, squirming a bit in his chair, well... Let them be. I mean, after all, nobody really wants their corner now, do they? I agree, said Potter, instantly the liberal. Let them alone. Let them stew. They're harmless. 